Greetings. Dave here to wish you a happy new year and give you a short, well, hopefully short, preamble to uh, episode 37. Palmer and I recorded this just after Thanksgiving, but we bumped it up so as to get the Star Wars show up sooner rather than later. And as you'll hear, there's a reason why we wanted this conversation to be episode 37. Um, next time we talk, Palmer and I will be sharing our favorite things from 2017. Uh, but for now, enjoy us shooting the Shinola about exercising, writer, director, and podcast pioneer Kevin Smith. And in the King Corner, Palmer's favorite Stephen King Bachman book, The Long Walk. Uh, oh, uh, speaking of those last two, this episode of Long Walk Short Drink is sponsored by Audible. And as listeners of the show, you can get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash LWSD. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Plus, I just checked, and both Kevin Smith's book, Tough Shit... Life Advice from a Fat Lazy Slob Who Did Good, read by the man himself, and the very same audio version of The Long Walk that we discuss uh, in this episode are available on Audible. So what are you fucking listening to me for? Pause this motherfucker and go to audibletrial.com slash LWSD and download your free goddamn audiobook right now! Alright, enough of my vulgarity. Let's take ourselves a long walk, shall we? I did. It was perfect. That was, that was perfect. everything I've ever wanted in all my years of podcasting. There's nobody in my, besides the people in my actual like intimate circle in life, whose voice I've heard or whose life I know more about than that than Kevin Smith. Holy shit! Are you fucking kidding me? It's been so hard for me not to talk to you about. <laughs> oh my. Episode 37 could be the end of Long Walk Short. No, that's not that's not true. It would just be scrubbed. It would be the lost episode. It would be like it would be the episode that would keep me from ever being a long, long, short drink fan. <laughs> because we'd only have the first 20 minutes of the of the episode. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and I'd be like, nope, I can't hear every goddamn minute. Then nope. <laughs> nope. Oh man. Well, this I'm glad you you did figure th- this part out though, because um, you know, new to this to the YouTube channel uh, stuff is when our we've always posted the podcast on YouTube, but now the last couple, when I post it to YouTube, it actually has the matching video, which has never really happened. Um, so this will yeah. allow for that, which is kind of fun. I yeah, I hope that I hope that that is the case. I hope that this puts a video file on our channel uh, that we'd be able to use. Man, that fucking rattled me. Like, I'm what sure, does that yeah. say about me that that rattled me that much? Like. I mean, I exist in a world. I, I, I'm very, I'm very inundated in technology and in the digital, you know, life stuff. And so I know what trolling is, and I know. But man, that really affected me. Shit, 
was just, directed like, at at you at us i i didn't actually or, see no it. i think it was more like of the show like i think like like this is such a safe space for me and like such a it's so important to me and for it to just be like all of that it, it's it literally it's twinkie uh like confronting pumps for like <laughs> mocking you like <laughs> we do not do that here that is not what this is about like as soon as i saw that i'm just like that's exactly what i felt oh man i channeled my inner twinkie that's a good thing that's always a good yeah. thing <laughs> oh man what's great is that works too though yeah fucking don't a fucking call me twinkie <laughs> i said don't fucking call me twinkie <laughs> Oh man, that's and I, and I don't have to like destroy my voice doing it, which is fantastic. So, um, so before we that fucking troll, so you were talking about you had given a little rundown about why you know this is we of all of our all of our past guests that we've had, we've had a string of like guests, and uh, or do, should we just like start completely over? I don't know. We were like. Um... Yeah, I yeah. mean, we could. I can use some of that. We can cut out the thing. We can explain, uh, you know, what happened. Yeah. Uh, I can stitch them together. I mean, I'm not going to, like, try to make it seem like that never happened, but we could use some of yeah. that. There was also a lot of inside baseball there, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, we could just pretend. Uh, I don't know. We don't need to pretend. No, there's no we pretending. Could, well, we let's say we controlled and it really threw me off. Yeah, well, let's just and say so welcome to, to Long like, Walk, short drink, 37. 37 in a row? In a row. Take two, kind of. <laughs> we we talked for a good half an hour on a live stream, and then we got trolled hardcore by a couple of just... No, it was one... I guarantee you it's one kid that's got like 17 YouTube accounts that just... As soon as we would block one of them, he would just come in on the next one. It, it was too... Like, there's... Or... I mean, if honestly, if there was more than one person taking that much, like coordinating like that, because how could like you block one and then another one pops in and they're like, hey, gay people. And you're like, fuck you blocking you. Not that doesn't happen here. That's not what this is about. You know, no, no, blocking. we won't have it. <laughs> and the next one is like, I bet you got a tiny dick. Let me see it. No, Jesus. not what that is about. And then the last one was like, I bet your ass looks like a full moon. That's what? why it's called a moon, you dumbass. <laughs> Blocked. Wow. And uh yeah. that person must have an awfully sad life. <laughs> so I mean, if it's 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 gotta be one person because if it's more than that, for our tiny little podcast that honestly, like our fans become part of the podcast. Like they're like we're we are this little self-serving circle of like eight people. Uh, so if there's more than one person trolling that little circle of people on the vast ocean of the internet, like that's pathetic. It Get is, a fucking yeah. life. Like <laughs> you're going to like, it's not, I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction of thinking that you ruined this time. Like that you didn't ruin oh, it. Oh no, we're going to have a, a fucking life. Like just get a life. Um, 
or just some. Well, I'm, I would like I'm talking to them. They're not hearing us yeah. now, <laughs> but because uh, we, yeah, we found a way to do this uh, a private stream instead of live. So right. So we may or may not, uh, in, you know, in the future, do public live streams. But um, we do. We, we the plan is still to put them up on YouTube as the live hangouts, so you can see the visuals and all that stuff, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, and now Palmer has figured out how to. He's got some kind of soundboard thing rigged up there in uh, in Ohio to where he can play little sound clips like the "Don't Don't Call Me Twinkie." The ice is gonna break. That one, from the right over, zone. like right over the speakers, like yeah. um, on demand. As many There's a times little, we little icon that comes up too, like like our little long walk, short drinks head pulse. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I didn't, it's just because I have our camera muted, so that's significant. It's just like when Moto mutes his camera. So we yeah. see his like static image, you know. I like so, it. It's good. It's like the yeah. uh, the show talking. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, and that's still a work in progress, which is fantastic. But you had mentioned like Mr. J and how uh, just how inspirational his his plan, um, his progress and his path uh, to health, uh, how inspirational that was, and how that's inspired you. Like, I started the same here. I started. Um, I finally started walking this week. So, oh, awesome! This health I, stats. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it, it, all the health stats are is I've walked. Uh, let's see, I got up at like six on Monday and walked three miles, and then uh, oh Jesus, I got up at yesterday. I got up way early. I got up at like five Whoa. and walked uh, walked another three miles. So I found this loop. There's this really awesome loop. Uh, around my neighborhood that's like a perfect 5k it's like well it's not perfect you know 5k is like 3.2 miles and uh this i think that's right and then um this loop is 3.1 miles so my goal is to just like keep walking that uh four days a week four mornings a week my mornings that i work from home so monday tuesday thursday friday and then as long as uh as long as i commit to that then i know i can lose one of those and still be really doing a difference you know yeah uh, so if one of those doesn't work out that's okay not to, it's not going to be the end of the world two would be a problem like i would have a problem if i had to lose two in a week um and then my goal is to do that as long as i can until winter finally comes because it was 72 degrees yesterday and what oh like, my god it was crazy uh in dayton yesterday um so uh once the winter finally comes and i can't because some of the sidewalks can get kind of treacherous and around these neighborhoods and so and doing it at night once i once again there's risk of ice i'm not going to risk an injury so oh yeah. I, I won't i won't that go outside the purpose right and so um but my my thing is is i'll do that as long as i can and then the short winter that we have as soon as it breaks i'm going to start i'm going to ice <laughs> <laughs> hit it <laughs> we don't have to do it Wait, I gotta be. I gotta practice. I gotta. Sorry. Ice is gonna break. <laughs> uh, once it breaks. How perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. <laughs> once it breaks, then uh, we'll go. I, I'm gonna start couch to 5K over again, and then oh, very cool. Get, get to where I can run that, and then or jog that. Uh, the slow plod that is my jog, and then just really focus on like just cutting that time down. And then once I get the time cut down, then increasing the distance. And uh, yeah, so I mean, because 
you know, the the one thing that really stuck with me that Mr. J said is like running is like it is the lazy man's exercise. It's like yeah. easy. It's like the <laughs> easiest thing to do. You know, I had never like, heard that before, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you just go out your front door and start moving fast, and then uh, do that long enough. Or I think so, at all to some extent. I mean, yeah. I uh, for myself, I was because I'm very. Res- I have been very resistant to running. I never have enjoyed running. I never experienced a runner's high. Yeah. I always just wanted to die. <laughs> and so um, but I do like to walk. And so it's been about a year now for me that I have been consciously like timing, putting together like 30 minutes of brisk, like uncomfortable walking. <laughs> I have to be uncomfortably fast walking to start the timer and stuff, and then stairs and all that shit. And then as I started to sort of just start to gradually build more healthy, I mean, that's like a year I've been doing that. And and enjoying that. That was not a chore. It just built it into my day, etc. And and then as I was starting to kind of get into uh or just wanting to feel for me, it's all motivated by getting older and wanting to feel better. I just like haven't felt good. I've had these health maladies and had my butt cut off and and so much just like pelvic discomfort, like this sort of irritation in my just like groin area <laughs> in yeah. this way that like I've tried medication. I try all kinds of stuff and it's not just that it's all kinds of stuff, but it sucks. And so some of that health stuff was like just to try to, I don't know, just because I, it wasn't cause I wanted to lose weight cause I had enough times trying things. Yeah. It's like, I, I've just never seen a difference in that from exercise not unmeasurable or noticeable one so i was at the point where i was doing it for health i walked in that timed way for at least about for almost a full year and then i'd say like three months ago or so i started to want to put together another additional half hour so i would stay after work and walk in that same way but in a dedicated way like along the river or um it was mostly just that and then I started to want to do karate in the garage. I was just like, I, I was, I, I found that the, the physical movement helped in the way with the pelvic discomfort in the way that less like sometimes baths would take a warm bath would alleviate the, that kind of uncomfortability, but that didn't only I'm basic as a guy who's always trying to get shit done, taking a half an hour to take a bath to, to try and relax. It was kind of hard. And then the benefits would not last more than maybe another half an hour. Right. So I started to get to it was like, well, if I just do that exercise, you know, if I'm walking or whatever, I would literally like walk and have this kind of like mantra in my head. Right. Like, well, uh, it's silly, but I don't mind sharing. It's uh, I am healing. I am strong. I'm focused. I'm calm. Somehow that I just started to repeat yeah. that in my head. And that, and that would help me like clear my head. And, and I would spend the same amount of time as I would in a bath, but I was doing, I was moving. And then I found that that, that, that actually provided longer relief. Like I would never could feel the pelvic discomfort while I was exercising because it's not that intense in general, the the pain or whatever, if you call that. I don't know. Yeah, like that stuff was helping that. And then I started to want to do more just like fun stuff than just walk. And so I decided to do karate in the garage <laughs> and I cleared out space, <laughs> which is so funny because I didn't, it's funny anyway, but I didn't think of the phrase karate in the garage as funny like we've used it on the show for let's be best buddies. I it was just literally like a space where I could clear a corner, hang a piece of like paper from the ceiling and like kick at it. 
<laughs> I literally what I do uh, um <clears throat> I thought of it like I thought about it a little bit off and on. The thing with the paper is an old uh Bruce Lee trick that I read where his all his punches are snaps. He has this like it's a quote that I saw in one of his screen tests where he's like, a karate punch is like an iron bar. You hit it, goes wang. Or no, wang. Ah, fuck. I fucked up the quote. It was wang. You hit a karate punch. Those are like, you know, straight arm out. If you can picture in Karate Kid where like the guy, the Cobra Kai guy punch, tries to punch Mr. Miyagi and it goes through the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you really like you have your hands up, you commit to it. It's this kind of. It's kind of stupid in a way because it leaves one side of your body completely unguarded, but whatever. Um, and then the other half of the Bruce Lee qu quote is like, a, a kung fu punch is like an iron ball with an iron chain attached to it. And when you, when you hit, you go wang and it hurts inside. That's what he says. <laughs> but <laughs> so the thing is, is like you, you hit, it's the same way he does that one inch punch. Your whole body's behind it. And, and there's a kind of, you aim at the, the, the paper, but you kind of punch just behind it and you snap. So you don't necessarily tear the paper down and stuff, and it just gives you something to shoot at, and it's this nice like pop when you hit it. Right. So what I really want is a heavy bag because I know like that would be a hell of a workout to like hit something. And yeah. Fucking great to hit. Right. <laughs> but I figured I should demonstrate enough initiative to the bride to justify the expense of a heavy bag in the in the garage. I think so. it's good that all of us are so spaced out because I feel like <laughs> with this like health thing that we're moving towards and karate in the garage and all this stuff we would start fucking fight club is what oh, would happen. It's like because yes. you're like man it's just like it'd be so great just to hit shit and i'm like man it would be great just to hit shit <laughs> like, that's how fight club started it is you true know? oh man yeah uh but that, for me that whole thing is um the karate in the garage. I, I I thought about it, and then one day I was just like, I could just clean out that corner, and I did. Like after a little family walk with the dogs, I cleaned it out in like, I don't know, a few hours, and then suddenly I had the place to do karate in the garage. Yeah, and I'd go out, and uh, and that is exhausting to like. So even not actually hitting things, it's exhausting. But it it's kind of fun and stupid, and I put on like the blood sport theme music and <laughs> go to town. <laughs> That's awesome. And I don't I, do that uh, every day, but I mix it up. And so I have these things that keep me active and they provide me with more relief and sometimes fun than like baths were. Suddenly right. I got, found myself like just doing all this stuff. And, uh, and then the, to bring it back to the Mr. J episode, the, he, I think on that episode I had mentioned how I had just actually run by myself with the dogs. Because yeah. I was at a place where the bride wasn't with us and she goes fast. She walks fast. So it's like, yeah, I didn't want any pressure. And uh, it's like, well, I had been doing all this walking and I do all these stairs or all this stuff for a long time. And I was like, well, I'll just try. See if I can run this, this, this like path that I know and not look at my timer and just, I don't know, see how it is at the dogs. And I, and I looked up and I was like, oh my God, that was nearly half an hour. And that was kind of okay. And I'm running, I'm thinking I'm, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm focused, I'm calm. And that was like, and I got through it. And then, and then suddenly it's like, oh, I can do this. It's it just like something in my mind clicked to where like you did that and it wasn't that hard. Right. And, and it was pretty satisfying to have done. <laughs> right. And you try to walk the dogs anyway. So what the hell? So I started building that into, and it suddenly it was just like, I'm not saying like I have like the bug as it were, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's become this like new routine, and and I I do I don't love to run certainly, but I start to you know I'm starting to feel better, 
It, and that, it's amazing to me it that is, that's actually happened, but it's taken a long time. I, I think part of it is, um, as you, I, at least for me, the first time I did Couch to 5K, it was really, it was at a point in my life where I had really started to like miss my youth. You know, like I never liked running when I was younger at all, when I had all the energy to do it. Like I could have easily run, started running when I was in high school and become an actual runner, you know. Uh, but as I got older and I did that couch to 5K and it really worked, it was really rewarding to like regain that those abilities that I had when I was younger, you know, and I think that's, I think that's part of that. Why now that running is kind of clicking because you're able to like, like you said, like it was really rewarding, whatever that milestone was, it was really rewarding to get that from running to be like, Oh, I just did that. And I didn't mm -hmm. die and I made it through yeah. it. You know, yeah. like, um, I, I, that, that the first time I ran like, 20 minutes non-stop like i jog like 20 minutes without stopping that was like that was huge for me. i was like holy shit like, absolutely yeah you know um so and then the first when i ran a 5k that was that was another huge one where i was just like holy shit like i made like i ran i ran 3.2 miles like without stopping that's outrageous. <laughs> it is outrageous, yeah. Yeah. So um I, I mean my goal is to get up to where I can run like five miles at a go. That's I think that would be wow, like yeah, that's that sweet. to me is like that's like a good run, you know, like a yeah. good five mile run. And then do that like three or four times a week. I think that would be like my I would I would be totally content if that was my regular exercise, you know. Yeah. Um, and I told Ash, like, if I if I did get up to that point, like, then maybe looking into maybe doing some weight training or something just uh, like for my upper body. Um, mm -hmm. But I mean, honestly, like if you ran 15 to 20 miles a week, right? Like, oh, wow. To think of it like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if, if, like, do you exercise while I run 15 to 20 miles a week? Like it doesn't like. I, I think that should be like a, a base. That, that's got to be worth something, right? Like oh, my a good God. Baseline, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, and, if, and then I don't care what size I am. I don't care what weight I am. You know, I obviously, again, I, I, I know it's silly to be like, to not think, oh, if I ran 20 miles a week, that I wouldn't weigh less than I weigh now. I know I would weigh less. Of course, I would weigh less. But I mean, I if I, I I don't expect to be real skinny, and I don't need to be real skinny. If I can be like, if somebody were to ask me, "Oh, do you exercise?" Yeah, I run fifteen miles a week. Okay, yeah, that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a like, huge yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I, and I mean, again, it's like the lazy man's exercise, right? Like that's like <laughs> that's like the easiest milestone to hit. I, I think like that that's easier than committing to going to a gym every day the only drawback is like we don't live in environments where we can go outside and run every day yeah. so you do like become dependent on something inside finding something inside and that's just not easily accessible so and that's a whole nother thing you like you have to do i mean i, I yeah. found the big thing for me has been the gradual nature of it 
and a kind of intrinsic motivation that's not that's that's pure you know that's not motivated by vanity primarily or whatever like it maybe has been in the past in ways that never worked and my goal is essentially to feel better and that's not so hard <laughs> you know i mean yeah uh, if only to feel the satisfaction of like i did something today and like for me a long time it was walking and sometimes i think it, it might still be that and it's like i uh and it all kind of i imagine it will change um i had just got a fitbit uh at a doorbuster <laughs> the bride got it for hey. me for uh for um well that's she, a charge too that's the one i have yeah what i did was i i was getting really frustrated as it got colder as i was trying to like take my gloves off unlock my phone start and stop my timer in the morning right um and i was like fuck this like i could afford a fitbit <laughs> i think and so i, right. I well, looked up like which fitbit should i get and there's a thing where you can take a quiz i guess on their website it comes up and and there's like what are some of the things you're interested in uh, improving or so it it was not very many questions at all, like uh, less than 10, maybe only three. I don't know. But like I, I liked the idea of auto-recognizing exercise so I didn't have to start and stop my phone. Excuse me. And then um, I wanted to maybe figure out the sleep because I was just always tired. I'm often always tired. And for the most part, I sleep okay, I guess. I don't know. I just thought I'd want to kind of monitor that a little bit better to see if I could understand it more. And then there was something about relaxing, which I think might, it has like a guided relax thing, I guess, which I've yet to use. I've only had it for less than a week, but, but so far I'm, I'm, I'm liking it already. I mean, it was, it's incredibly liberating to not have to start the timer. There is some kind of timer thing I can start on the watch, which actually today I was trying to do a comparison between the auto recognize, you know, does those active minutes or whatever in the far yeah. right uh, to what my timer had been to see if like actually the, what I was timing heart rate wise would add up to the auto stuff. Anyway, that remains to be seen, but I've really liked yeah, it so the, far. The, the, um, the flights. Yes. I, the floors. Yeah. Are really inaccurate. I mean, I, I can get what's funny is, is you know, my neighborhood is, 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 Oh man, I almost said that out loud. It, it is known for the, the Hills, that it exists in, right? Mm -hmm. I guess we could beep it. Yeah. Um, you just beep out. Uh, but the neighborhood is called. And it's a lot. It's very. We live on the hillside. Mm. And so if you're going to walk in our neighborhood. And you're going to go around blocks. You're guaranteed at least. Uh, half of the block will be uphill. Nice. I think, well, I, for what we're talking about, I think good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that's if you were going to do a square block. But I, if I, I do this really awesome walk where I can come out my door because I live on a cross street, I can come out my door. And if you think of there's three parallel roads, no, four parallel roads uh, in my neighborhood. And then there's three cross streets that intersect those four parallel roads and that I will zigzag through the neighborhoods and you get this really awesome like it's just like it, if you were imagining your activity of like uphill downhill uphill downhill like your your heart rate just goes like this because you're going like you'll go two blocks of just this like 
steep climb uphill and then two blocks like steady decline and then two blocks like back up those same back uphill again and then uh it's really awesome that's but great yeah by the time you do that walk and you get back home and you look at your flights on your fitbit like i'll get like 32 flights and not have climbed one stair <laughs> yeah. in that whole, you know what i mean like yeah <laughs> um, i think if you get on their website it equates it, it's like it's a it's a it's your changing elevation by so many feet over so much of a distance they will count that as a flight even if you're not technically climbing stairs you know mm -hmm. what i mean like that's so uh the, i found those to be pretty inaccurate i uh the nice thing is that has like the gps thing so yeah. it, it, the gps assist which is really nice so it'll calculate your stride which is good uh, I've dissected it a lot. The sleep stuff is really interesting. If you yeah. haven't, you know, I really like that. I've been digging into that a little bit. Yeah. So we're going to have to become Fitbit friends so we can challenge each yeah, other. I was just thinking, yeah, um, how we could, especially now that we're doing that, maybe involve it in the show. Um, oh, I don't know, good... but I don't know. I mean, I might be able to warm to the challenge, but I think some of what helps me is that it is this very solitary thing where I'm not oh, competitive yeah. with people. Yeah. Um, I'm barely even competitive in myself, <laughs> yeah. but I do like the idea of like sharing it somehow. Um, Cause I know, well, I just like that idea as motivation just to sure. even just have to say like, ah, I've been, I've been great on it to inspire myself to do a little better. But um, so yeah, I haven't, I haven't even done a full week yet to know. I know I like the day reporting stuff. So yeah, they're good like weekly reports or um, averages or something. I get, uh no, I do get emailed weekly reports from Fitbit. Oh, okay. It'll like it'll lay everything out and it'll uh that does have some implied competition in it though. Um where if any of your friends that you're synced with or that you're connected to on your Fitbit app, it'll compare you automatically like where you stood with some of your friends. Oh, okay. I mean, that um, might be a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's so funny cuz I it's I'm so new to it and um my the we're just past thanksgiving as we're recording this and uh the bride's sister came out and um she and her husband even her kids a bit like they've the last few years have gotten into running and they just do it a lot and they really yeah love it and uh and they're like she's the kind of person too that even in, in a lot of our conversations there's a lot of specifics a lot of first last names of people you've never heard of but as though you did <laughs> Heard of them, right care of them and details right. about things she's kind of i don't know she's having slightly different conversations than than i am sometimes but so she's going through all these stats about like i don't even know how to say it just numbers related to running <laughs> i was like oh yeah <laughs> that's amazing and then we went on a we, so what often happens for me with the runs so far has always been going out with our dogs and the bride into these uh these prairies and these loops and stuff and so we did that with her and the bride's and the bride's been great about exercise as long as I've known her, and it's a real part of her life and routine. And how she, sometimes she'll do it for her mental health. I mean, she's got it all dialed in, figured out like what works for her and stuff. So she's in way better shape than me, <laughs> and she was running up there with her sister, who's also in way better shape than me. And I'm just back there doing my thing, like having a like. What did you call your run before? Like a lumbering or 
Oh, the like the slow plod, like slow plod. Yeah, slow, slow I'm a slow plod. plodder for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just back there doing that, <laughs> doing my, break, breaking out my monster now and again. <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> I also had my nephew next to me, he's just he's like 16, like 20 feet tall, just like a bundle <laughs> of energy, and he's just like walking backwards. He'll come in and check with me. I'm just kind of doing that. <laughs> <I'm> up there. <laughs> the bride told me later that her sister said so many times like he's he's not a runner. <laughs> it's like no shit but anyway i'm back there running my own race yeah as i like it and but yeah uh it was one i think i had the fitbit i might not have had the fitbit anyway i did it though for like three days in a row just because that was when i was able to and once i did have the fitbit we uh we finished our run like we normally do the bride will just kind of lead us around and generally what i'm always trying to do is put together 30 minutes or like well or when we're running run for 30 minutes Never, yeah. never have thought about things that people who do it a lot probably do, like how far they went and how fast. I guess. Yeah, this was the I'm first time. Fast. Just yeah. far, far. Yeah, and distant. This is f- distant. Yeah, and those things are all measured by the Fitbit. So we were able to, f- f- which the bride doesn't have. So she's like, "How far did was it? And it was three miles." <laughs> and we were, and and I was like. I was like, isn't that close to a 5K? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah. it all washed over me. I was like, oh, I, I can do this now? So Yeah. But it, yeah, so it's been, it's been very gradual for me. So I might be able to introduce comfortably some competition or whatever, or, or just like motivation, I guess. But the thing about the Mr. J thing that really came at a good time or was really reinforcing from some things that I was trying, the thing that hit home the most for me was just like, A, that we know him. Because someone... Yeah. And also, too, it was kind of a surprise that he was as into that as he is, just because right. something that's come up, and um, and and then also that whole thing about what he kept saying is like these ideas of what he, he these sort of limitations that he started to break about what he couldn't couldn't do. He's right. like, Mr. J can't do this, or Mr. J can't do this. He's like, why not? And I just do. I think I, I don't think of myself as someone who puts limits on what I can and can't do. But I definitely had in that regard. I think it was more about what sure. I wanted to do, <laughs> uh, yeah. or what I felt like I could. I, I don't. I don't. But know. even then, I, I I have definitely through like hours of introspection while I'm on drive while I'm driving because that's when I get to like be introspective. I know I have discovered things, and I know your your follow up question will be what things. So I'll be thinking about that. <laughs> I know I there have been things that I have said oh I I don't want to do that and you say that enough times that it's because you think you can't do it like it the I don't want to do it it was a result of well it doesn't matter that I can't do it it's because I don't want to do it you know or maybe you're really thinking like I can't do it, therefore I'm going to say I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely um, do that. I think I, I must. Yeah, <laughs> and so, um, I don't know. It, it it's one of those weird things where it's like Brussels sprouts or, um, I don't know, acquired tastes. You know, it's like you hopefully something lines up at some point in your adult life that makes you appreciate, Oh my gosh, I can do this thing. And hopefully if all that happens, 
that thing is also happens to be beneficial for you or and or somebody else. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. You know, I want to just like not put a pin in this, but I want to mention something I want to tag up on that, that that relates remarkably well to this other conversation we have. Um, just the relation to the title, the snowball effect and the 37 relating to the filmmaker Kevin Smith and podcaster. Just kind of what you're saying is something that I heard him say last night in person. I actually have more. So I, I want to talk even to Dave Stiggs about this health stuff, but I want to circle back to that and don't want to for people who might tune in because of the Kevin Smith reference and we spend a half an hour talking about <laughs> it. It's, um, it's all related. <laughs> well, no, I mean, actually, that's probably a good segue is we can uh, let's. Um... Well, my Dave Diggs is, is really tied to some of some of these health type things. Um, okay, so let's let's do that. Now get ready. We're going to play some rock and roll. It's alive, it's alive. I have that is a bad guy. Can we go, please? No, I'm enjoying it. Who are you? I'm Batman. Who's a grumpy bastard? Yeah, I'm a grumpy bastard. <laughs> What's going on? Why you tell me a story? What do you mean? This is punk. I don't need you. Don't think. Feel. One time, Daniel said. Talk hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Are you ready? No, Johnny Johnson! So I put I I don't want to spoil. Well, we're going to talk about this. There's no spoiling, but I put a link at the URL. There's YouTube and a URL in the show notes. Oh, okay. Click the URL, not the YouTube. Okay. And it is for listeners. It is www.trainwithvandam.com. Holy shit! Are you fucking kidding me? This has been so hard for me not to talk to you about. <laughs> oh my. Hey God! Oh, you on the website? So it's wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. So do I do the the do I do the YouTube URL or well, the URL for, URL? For now, let's uh, just do the URL URL, and then okay. we'll do YouTube after because we can kind of explain what it is. <laughs> do you see it? Yeah. Okay. Week body change one hundred percent. JCVD coaching twenty four sports videos. <laughs> and oh I'm my gonna, gosh, does he have red hair? Is he a ginger? It's, no, it's totally dyed. He would have completely gray hair. He's in his early fifties. Look at that hair! It's I know. so bad. <laughs> it does not look good. It looks so, <laughs> oh, I'm such an asshole. No, no. The, the, I, I, this whole thing is so fun because um. It's no, I'm gonna so find ridiculous. Out he had cancer or something. And I'm gonna feel shitty for commenting on his hair. I don't think that's why it, I didn't I don't think start. That's do you know that's why I didn't start the the feud. This is a segue. <laughs> I'm why I didn't start know. the feud with um? Oh, with Val Kilmer. With Val Kilmer was because I found out he had he like fought cancer at some point in time. Oh, recently. he did. Oh, and that's shit. why he that's looks tough. like that. I can't yeah. be like, oh, you look. Like, what did I say? You look terrible. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, well, that was a good move on your part. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't start the feud. I couldn't be like, I couldn't be like, so this is Val, Val Kilmer looks like, um, I can't even think of the goddamn insult that I Oh, said. you were saying he looked like Nick Nolte on a bad day. <laughs> oh, Nick Nolte, no, Nick Nolte's mugshot from Nick. 10 years ago. <laughs> and when I Googled, <laughs> when I Googled Nick Nolte's mugshot from 10 years ago, the right picture showed up. <laughs> 
<laughs> that uh, was fun to talk about, if nothing else, at the time. But that was good of you not to go after him. I yeah, guess. I couldn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, Jesus! Like that? No, please, no. I'm not going to do that. He's the Ice Man, after all. Yeah. And it, <laughs> no, he's not. I mean, he's not. <laughs> if he, like, <laughs> uh, not at all. But. I'm not going to pick on somebody for the way they look because they had, I mean, because they had cancer. He looks like, like I mean, he looks like he fought cancer. That's terrible. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, JC is basically looks a little older because of his years <laughs> doing drugs. <laughs> I think. Cocaine. Lots yeah, of cocaine. cocaine. Uh, but. Oh man, it, when I found out about this, like I was just joined to his I mean his online presence in general is hilarious. And the guy's got a great sense of humor about himself in general. He does. Um and of course that uh I mean the best example, like the most effective example I would say would be the movie JCVD where he plays a version of himself. Uh but there's the Jean Amazon show. Yeah. Jean-Claude Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, which uh, right. It's not quite out. I mean, the pilot is up, but I think the full season hasn't come out yet. And no. the the premise of that is like that he he is Jean Claude Van Damme in the show, but Jean Claude Van Damme happens to be an actor to be undercover as a cover for his real occupation, which is as an undercover agent. And so it's it's pretty funny. Um, Who's like a bungling undercover agent? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Full on comedy. Um, and he's he's great in it, but um, so yeah, this train with Van Dam. I was just checking on his uh, JCVD World website. <laughs> I don't know why. Is that the other his, URL? That's his main like website that he you know posts stuff to, and it's always just like he you know he's just uh, he's odd, <laughs> you know. He's like I fans all that kind of stuff. Remember yeah. the? It was an early episode of ours where I found out about that Jean Claude Van Johnson. Oh yeah, show. where he does those, he's like, like through bursting. the French doors. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Hi, Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme." And it's just like, that's just how he is. And we're gonna get to watch a little taste of like that goofiness. But I just wanted to kind of describe what this is, and of course, we'll, we'll t I'll tweet it out with the episode and whatnot. But it's this is. Uh, I mean, I'm already. Please tell me you signed up for this, right? Oh, I did. Yeah, because oh, it's yeah. it's twenty bucks for like. Yeah eight weeks or whatever and it's all these videos and i was like well shit yeah why not <laughs> and so uh so i joined access to them for eight weeks or do you just like... i think you get access to them for six months oh okay uh, yeah, yeah and it's like through an app and stuff and they're posting them gradually and uh and then so i'll read the like one sentence thing that that looks to be in his um his wording it goes for eight weeks we're going to train together and transform your body. Our goal to focus on tonus, flexibility, and balance to improve your physical form and health. <laughs> it's not perfect accent, but his accent is all over the place, which he actually acknowledges in these videos. He is so off the cuff. And wow. It's it's, it's like I don't even mind because like he clearly is not trying to hide anything about like his past or his personality. And he is making fun of himself. Like, there's this one part where he's like saying how you need to clench your buttocks. <laughs> he's like, you know, like on on the TV show Friend, Jean Claude Van Damme can squeeze squeeze walnut with his buttocks like that. And he looked back over his shoulder and smiles and half smiles. Like, you you can imagine something back there. Like, uh, you could put your thumb. I know he looks stupid. <laughs> it's just like it's so 
disarmingly like awkward and weird. And I, I know that though. I mean, like I'm doing karate in the garage to Bloodsport and Kickboxer soundtracks as it is. Right. <laughs> Which I'm right. just kind of like, this is great. <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> of course it is is ridiculous. And I'm not trying to say that like <laughs> this is cool. I don't know. Whatever. So I'm just like embracing all the the lunacy of it. And then this, it's just like I laugh my way through it sometimes because <laughs> it's ridiculous. So let's watch the um there's a lot of like mini videos you can watch, but I put one in the I put one in the spreadsheet that I think is kind of funny, maybe one of the longer ones and at least from the ones I was able to find quickly tells Yeah, I'm just, I, I'm just getting uh, Oh, yeah, sorry, I got to add. Oh, oh man, add add add. I am at 0.00, oh, but the okay. little bit of house music started. Yeah, so, okay. Like, All right, ready? We'll, I'm going to yeah. count off on uh, Palmer's pick three and three. Three. Oh, my God. Hi, this is Jean-Claude Van Damme. In five weeks, you will lose 15 kilos. In three weeks, with my own program, you lose three kilos. Oh, yeah. You'll wait no, two weeks, and after two months, 25 kilos. <laughs> no, no, no. That will not work, okay? Our program will be completely different. First of all, we'll talk about how to maintain yourself straight attitude, which is very difficult, and we'll have a great balance. See that like odd? And also we'll have yeah. a great attitude in life. Two, we'll need stretching. Very important to have- Oh, that Belgian accent, right? And to be able not to kick, but to have that Did type he from of Belgium? flexibility. Yeah, it's okay. kind of mixed. He, he... Three, dexterity. Important to be able to control your stretching, your speed, your flexibility. Oh yeah, he, he looks. When all this is done, automated. We'll bring. Yeah, he looks as orange as Donald Trump. <laughs> we're going to yeah. have fun. Yeah, like, that, that's, that's the fake tan. I promise you, Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. All right, you want to take it? Ironically, he's like juggling an orange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. It is that I was hoping that would be a little bit more funny. Like, and the funny is not really intentional. He's not. I mean, he's not not trying to be funny. But the things I find funny are not supposed to be funny. And he apologizes early on. He's like, uh, "Sorry for my accent. I'm not in Los Angeles. I'm in Hong Kong, and I'm every I'm all every place." It's like, it's just so. I I don't know how. <laughs> How to describe the surreality of it? <laughs> um, You're just stumbling over, like it's just—it's almost to me. It feels like this level of—I don't know. It, it's like you're stumbling on. He was recording this exercise regimen. It just so happened there was a camera there that happened to capture it. That became the actual program, like. You're just like stumbling on him in his normal everyday life, you know, like sort of, yeah, you know, like oh, oh, I was just, I, I want, I just wanted to record this thing, right? Here, it's good that you are here now. We are going to. I'm Jean Claude Van Damme. He, he does do that. do that, you know, and like yes, so he actually does do that. Some of the things is like good morning, afternoon. I don't know what it is where you are. We are here, and we're gonna 
I'm gonna do some stretching. <laughs> it's just like I was thinking. It's, it's like he comes out. He's like scratching his ass a little like, bit. Yeah, was, you know, like like he just took a big dump and like <laughs> he's wrapping up his breakfast. Like it is so casual. Yeah. Oh oh hello. Uh, I I forgot this was going on today. So um, uh, all right. Let me. Uh, he like throws a toast over yeah. his shoulder. All right, so, uh, all right, so Jean Claude Van Damme says we stretch, right? Yes, yes, stretch <laughs> exactly uh, like that. And when there's so no one, why else don't there, you go stretch for the next five minutes? <laughs> yeah. so Jean Claude's gonna go in here, uh, be back. <laughs> well, hey, that's not yeah. my line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It is a bit like that. Paying attention, uh, but keep that this, camera rolling. I'll be back. It's like you've seen it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible. <laughs> and it, I will say, I haven't been to classes that are like uh, yoga classes or anything like that personally. But it does strike me as that level of like it's as though they're just filming one that the person barely knew or paid attention that they were filming they're, so they're not it's like not polished what they're saying yeah and like he'll do he'll like you know and that stuff is is he says at the beginning too is like this is some of gonna be very boring and all this and so i haven't really gotten to the point where like breaking a sweat at all <laughs> and um he doesn't actually do any training he's just like oh you know this is, i'm jean-claude van damme and uh when I was on uh, Friends, yeah. the walnuts in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, all right. Uh, so in the next lesson, we'll talk about uh, blood sport, but no time cop. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, yeah, that's really not far off. But so uh, I have definitely enjoyed it. I, uh, I'm not to the point where I count it as my full workout for the day, but um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a trip to say the least, and uh, it's so funny. And uh, I can't believe you. How long have you been sitting on that? Like, not too terribly long. A couple of, I mean, like you know, we recorded I think three weeks ago, and so yeah. maybe two weeks or so. I've been okay. uh, sitting on it, but I just thought it'd be so funny to spring on you. So. Oh man, that is fantastic! <laughs> like absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been very fun. I'll report more on it as I as I do more of it and can talk more about it. But uh, we didn't get to talk yeah. really like um, about the whole like Green Power Ranger deal. Like, did oh, you know yeah. about that feud? Like all that? No, stuff not really. Was so like funny to me. Yeah. Well, some of the thing too, where I'm like kind of laughing at him, and I think he doesn't mind being laughed at. I, I mean, I, I'm. It's hard to. Ex I, I haven't quite fully like articulated like how I feel about it for sure. Um, but uh, oh, I see the logo. Yeah, I know it popped there? up oh. for a second there. I oh, don't know sorry. What it was. I just wanted to make sure you weren't uh, trying to sort <laughs> to launch something. But no, it, it's, no, no. It's, I started to think about him or anyone else. Like people who are so singular that they're almost like caricatures of themselves. Right. Um, you know, he is. Uh, achieved like incredible yes. things he's gonna break <laughs> yeah <laughs> the sweat is gonna fall yeah eventually and we're talking about people who are who just played characters of themselves like, right yeah you know yeah it's like 
and they're easy to make fun of, but they have also like any whoever it is, like they well, I should people I, I don't like to include like a Kim Kardashian in this because that that's not so much her achievement is like figuring out how to leverage her sexuality to so that I guess right. that counts, but I don't really like to celebrate that kind of thing. But like Jean-Claude Van Damme literally like was a skinny kid, built himself into a world-class you know, movie star and a uh, world-class athlete. Well, you know, like he built, there's no denying like what he accomplished. Whether right. or not like, some, somebody can sucker punch him in a nightclub or, like, or, or somebody could legitimately defeat him in matches. Like none of that really matters. Like he's done some really cool shit as has right. most anyone who is like famous for some accomplishment. And right. uh, I try. I guess I've been reminded of that a little bit more recently. I guess from the just sort of humility of watching this this guy that I'm so sort of familiar with at a different level in his life and stuff, and uh, being able to kind of laugh at him and stuff, but also just be like, well, you know, the guy does know what he's talking about. He's been in incredible shape for you know uh, forty years or whatever it is, and uh, right. so he does have some secrets about exercise you know stuff that's right so in any event the oh the one thing about the training thing i wanted to mention too that i liked is um it's all just stuff in your house like like he's like he'll do an exercise where he's like holding two water bottles or like stepping on a broom and just using a chair to do something or at the most like two tiny two tiny barbells so i really like that because that kind of fit into the type of ad hoc stuff that i'm willing to engage in <laughs> but oh, yeah. i'm all about like oh. natural resistance even where you use your own body weight you don't even have like props like there's exercises that you do that just use your body weight as the weight yeah uh, i'm like i'm so fucking big like why not take advantage of it right well and that's proportional too right to like yeah you know you're lifting what you have to lift anyway etc right but anyway so it's i it's it's ridiculous it's hilarious it's helpful Dude, it came so, at a great time <laughs> that's so fucking awesome so that's what's been happening with me that's <laughs> I mean, awesome in, 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 at least in the most amusing sense what <laughs> about with you no that's fantastic <laughs> uh not much here just working on so uh, this is right after Thanksgiving. It was the first Thanksgiving that Ash and I spent in Dayton. Like we didn't travel to a family at all. Like we just stayed, uh, we got to wake up in our own bed every morning of Thanksgiving break. Uh, we both took Wednesday off. So we had like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We had a bunch of cake. Um, I made cookies with cake in them, <laughs> uh, which those were fantastic. Uh, trying to think. So we did that. My nephew came out for Thanksgiving, which was fantastic. Got to see him. Um, we've been, so we've kind of agreed on a financial plan to try to get out of, to try to buy our own place. Um, and we've kind of set a deadline for ourselves and all that stuff. So we're going to try to stick to that. And, uh, oh, Jesus, I hate how I get the fucking yawns. I've been waking up at like, yeah, between, you've been working out. <laughs> I've been waking up between four and five, like all oh. this week. And, uh, that was another thing I took from the, uh, the Mr. J episode was I've been taking advantage of, for some reason, my insomnia has, uh, flipped from where I can fall asleep now. But then I wake up at um, 
usually I'll wait. I, I don't know. I usually wake up at least once to pee in the middle of the night. That's normal. I started waking up like three or four times every night and would still have to pee, but then I couldn't fall back asleep. Um, <clears throat> and recently I've been waking up between like three 30 and four and just like staying awake. And so at the, on the Mr. J episode was where you guys were, somebody was like, you know, if you're just going to be up, then you might as well be up and do something. Mm-hmm. So that's where I've just started. Like, well, I'm just going to get up. And so that's helped uh, motivate me for the exercise as well, because I've been waking up at four o'clock and I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'll you give yourself till five. If you have, you know, cause working from home, I don't have, I could stay in bed till seven and still Mm -hmm. get, still be at work on time, you know? Yeah. So, well, all right, give myself till five. If I'm still up by five, then I'm going to get up and that's how it's been. (laughs) So, um, another nod to uh, another nod to the Kevin Smith uh, 37 and such is that for I don't know if he still does it for a long time, though, especially when he was mostly podcasting, he was getting up right around that same time, like four in the morning or whatever. And he was just like yeah. edit podcasts or do it. Or, you know, sm- he yeah. mostly smoked. <laughs> that was his thing, too, always with the smoking. I think maybe still is. He has to couple it with something productive. At least that's the way it was for the longest time. So you can easily like, you know. Eat some cake and. uh edit a podcast or record a podcast or whatever but uh yeah no, that's a, that's a that's about the same uh that's about the same mentality that i have uh some and sometimes i'll get up you know i i'll do that and i'll be like all right and so then i'll go when you eat a piece of cake and then i'll be like oh you know what i can go back to sleep now and i'm okay with that too like then i'll go back to sleep and i'll sleep for three hours and be golden so um trying to think what else uh working on so oh so we were we've been working on that financial like we we've come to that agreement with our finances and what our goals are over the next year and uh so because of that one of the parts of that agreement was we're going to start we were going to start in the basement and purge our way up over the next year uh through the house so where we can start just getting rid of stuff that we don't need. And, and uh, the basement was really uh, weighing on me a lot because it was pretty demolished. There was a lot of crap from like dad and <laughs> house that I uh, brought back here and was down, just got thrown in the basement. My wood shop was all like disheveled for over a year. It's just been like my, the last project I had been working on was like still sitting there. And I just hadn't got back down there in in that long and um, just a bunch of stuff. So uh, we got through the basement and like got that all. That's like 97% done, which is fantastic. Oh, that must Uh, feel good. I had a similar thing. I have a few rooms in the house like that, but my main office kind of area, which might have been a mess when you were there. I don't know. Like uh, it took me the on not a full year but it took a while throughout the course of this last year to really like sort through it and and they used to have stuff in the anyway but that that does feel really good to uh, i, I so know good. how good that feels like and, and so like we went into thanksgiving we went into thanksgiving break i ended my last day of work before thanksgiving break completing my the current task that i was on so i had was all caught up with work the ba- we had cleaned the basement 
which had been weighing on me for like a year, like two weeks prior to that. So it literally, there was literally, I went into the break with nothing weighing on my shoulders, like not even anything to procrastinate. Uh, so it was just really refreshing. It was awesome. Oh, that's great. That's really great. So uh, there's that. I, I mean, my stuff will probably segue. The, the, I, the only other stuff that I really had to talk about would probably segue into uh, King Corner. Oh. Oh, wait. Did you have a shit the bride says? Oh, I just have. I do have a brief one. Yeah. Uh, only, only one new. I mean, she says things all the time, but this is the only one I stopped everything to document. <laughs> and I think actually she t- sent it to me in a text or a chat or something. So I had it all typed out. Um, and of course, you can follow these on Twitter as they happen at shit da at shit dub rights as because Twitter doesn't allow for the full thing. Um, and then we retreat them. <laughs> Excuse me, we one beer, folks. <laughs> Re- <laughs> <laughs> retweet them on at lwsd pod on Twitter as well. And I will read it aloud now from November seventeenth of this year. She says. I'm in a meeting being nonstop mansplained over and ignored, and I want to punch a baby. A man, baby. <laughs> so fun to see your face in anticipation of hitting that button. <laughs> that was magic. <laughs> I was so excited. I could tell. <laughs> It was perfect. That was, was perfect. everything I've ever wanted in all my years of podcasting. Like <laughs> to have that live, like to just know that, that I could do that and it would be live. This is uh, magical. <laughs> I'm so pleased. And it really was like spot on. Yeah. Thank you. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Was that good? <laughs> oh, I have not. So I know this cuts into our time a little bit here, but um, we haven't really got to acknowledge the like we've mentioned him multiple times, like Kevin Smith and the thirty-seven, and this is the thirty-seventh episode, uh, which is just like one of the best running jokes in Clerks. Um, yeah. And throughout Kevin Smith's career, they ultimately they took that number and really rolled with it. Oh, that is that is true. Like his uh, jersey, he wore a jersey last night. We saw him in person. And if he ever, he wears a lot of hockey jerseys as his yeah. like uniform, and they're all number thirty-seven. <laughs> he has actually his own line of jerseys, doesn't he? Like I, I thought think, he, I think so. Now, yeah, for the longest time, he was getting them custom made, and they would be so expensive to reproduce that they weren't selling them. But I think they probably do now. Yeah, that's in there all 37. That is awesome. So <laughs> if you don't know the joke, it's basically uh um spoilers for goddamn 30 year old movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um 1994 clerks. Yeah. So Dante and his girlfriend are just like reminiscing at his job. He works about in a convenience the, store. Yeah. The whole movie is about two clerks. One works in next door convenience store and in a video store, in the in the mid early nineties, rather. Yeah, in a small town. And uh, they're just like talking about their sexual ex- exploits. And oh no, a dude comes in who is um, Scott Mosier. <laughs> yeah, the producer of the movie. Like the, in disguise. the other half, like of Kevin Smith's like uh, pro- 
production upset like like movie making powerhouse it's those it's kevin smith and scott Mosier, those two guys and uh he's playing this character who is called snowball and she happens to mention oh snowball and uh he's like why do you call her snowball or something It, it goes along those lines and you find out that a snowball is basically that when a guy gets a blowjob, he likes to have his load like <laughs> spit back into his mouth. Um, and he says, because they're talking about a girl who had sex with him. And he's like, oh my God, she had sex with him to know that that's his name, Snowball, that he likes <laughs> that. And she's like, no, she didn't blow him. And he's like, oh my God, you blew that guy? <laughs> And she's like, yeah, maybe once. And he's like, what you told me you only slept with like three guys. Yeah, I've only slept with three guys. Well, he wasn't one of those guys. And she's like, no, I didn't sleep with him. I just blew him. And he's like, well, how many guys did you blow? And she's like, I don't know, like 36. He's like, Jesus Christ, I'm 36. And she's like, 37. I'm 37. Yeah. And so he goes in and he does that that line that like yeah. and I'm totally paraphrasing it and probably it did great actually all of it and uh, he gets into this huge fight that that she sucked 37 dicks and that <laughs> she didn't count that as her like sexual experiences which I mean you got to hand it to Kevin Smith like writers directors any of those people you have to write what you know and he's in. A lot of man, you just have to put your insecurities in there, and it's like then he made three movies about his sexual insecurities, like feeling that other women were like far superior in their sexual conquests than him, and how he couldn't handle that shit in their relationship. Like that, I mean, I, I know that there's this like bit in 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 Clerks. It's rehashed again. He made an entire movie about that, which is Chasing Amy, mm-hmm. um, which is self-admittedly like his whole dealing with like him trying to handle a relationship with with Joey, like the the girl, the yeah, the girl in, in the movie in Chasing Amy, because she had been in ho- like I don't you probably know it better than I do, but like wasn't it because she, like she had been in Hollywood and she had done all this other stuff that he hadn't done yet, you know? Or, oh, yeah, like, I think it. I've heard it at one point too. Like it was, he said, because he says he like you know you kind of take those kernels of truth and then you dress them up at other things. And chasing Amy is a little bit of a. I think we talked about this maybe on twenty six one where I got really drunk and, uh, uh, but it was something like Scott Mosier got a crush on this lesbian filmmaker friend of theirs, and so it's a kind of a cross between like taking that idea of having to crush a lesbian or maybe falling deeply in love with a lesbian as a straight guy and then um crossing that with the uh kind of sexual Wait, is jason lee supposed to be scott Mosier? no that... it's just, it's just kind of twisted it's it's kind of a mashup it's more like the holden ben affleck character yeah that's the because so scott Mosier. uh there's not a direct correlation oh yeah 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 but scott Mosier is kind of the affleck character but also so is kevin smith they just kind of combine this thing of like being in love with a lesbian, you know, this unattainable thing, but also then using the sexual insecurity thing, sexual experience of like someone who had 
such a different sexual experience right. with and then finding out that in that movie he finds out that she was like with multiple partners and stuff and anyway so it's a combination of that stuff but i heard him say one time that it's like if it were literally what the what happened was it's like i would just like freak out because my girlfriend went to bali <laughs> so i, yes, I don't know what those that's specifics what he said, are <laughs> that's what he said in kent when i saw him in kent uh was he's like my i couldn't ha- i wrote chasing amy because i couldn't handle that my girlfriend went to europe right yeah yeah you know like uh so which is which is I, I mean, that's probably true, but it, it's just so interesting to see. So the, he's got this. Dante finds out his girlfriend sucks 37 dicks. <laughs> she, as she's storming me out, there's a customer comes up to the counter. He's like, can you believe it? My girlfriend sucks 37 dicks. And the best joke ever. He's like, no, the second to best joke ever is the guy. He says that he's like, my girlfriend, can you believe it? Suck 37 dicks. And, his, and the guy's like, whoa, in a row. Like, <laughs> uh, and then he storms after her because she leaves the store. Yeah. And he storms and he sticks his head out the door and she's storming off towards the like like towards her car. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, try not to suck any dick on your way to the parking lot." Like and she just doesn't even acknowledge him, just keeps walking away. And there happens to be in between them a dude just like holding the wall up, just like leaning against the wall, <laughs> yeah. like smoking a cigarette, right? And here's this whole exchange go on. And as soon as he hears Dante say that, like, try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot. <laughs> the dude's like, hmm. He t- and, like, <laughs> starts following the girl. And then you hear Dante go, hey, you, get back here. <laughs> that's the first best joke of that yeah, whole, like, magic. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's like, <laughs> perfect. Um, that's well told. Yeah. So. That's the reference to 37 and to know that like they carried it on. Like I, I, I'm, I had not noticed the 37 references and that it had lived, lived on beyond that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's it's so, a, that's, that's, that's like the only number associated with his sort of, yeah, uh, that makes sense you know, though. And catalog of movies. And I it, like that. It's nefarious. On his jerseys and all that yeah. stuff. That's so, I mean, cause it's just so striking. So, yeah, when we uh, in a row, I right. love that joke. That's just so good. Well, and what's um, fun too is you're in your 37th year. They say that's your golden birthday when like. So for me, my birthday is July 25th. So on the 20 when I turned 25 on July 25th, that was my golden birthday. Ironically, it's the one that I missed, the one that I didn't realize happened. <laughs> but uh, or or maybe that's not ironic, but it, it's unfortunate. But so. By that logic, for our podcast, this is the one time that our podcast number will be the same as your age. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, that's true. So it's the golden yeah. uh, anniversary for that regard. Yeah. Uh, golden showers and snowballs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh maybe. That's tough not to call it that now. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, golden showers and snowballs. That yeah. could be a good name. I but like the, that snowball, name. the snowball effect... Um, uh, what is what I was calling it because that is a documentary about the making of clerks. I wonder like a really fantastic watch it and it will make you want to make a movie. If, if you've ever considered yeah. that for a heartbeat, it's such a great documentary. I started to watch a little bit of it last night to refresh my memory, but I didn't get very far, but I liked well, the uh, segue I was going towards is because you and Oh geez, man. Beep. <laughs> It's good that we're not live. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, you and the bride, though, 
went where'd you go last night we went to a, a, co a comedy club here in minneapolis that it's called acme comedy club and they have this thing where if you get there's an adjoining restaurant and if you get dinner reservations there the, they kind of give you it's a little bit like first come first it's like you buy tickets to the show and sometimes you can get dinner with the show and then other times not but if you do the dinner reservations they give you like a like they assign you your seating based on the first come first serve to the dinner thing maybe it's not entirely first come first serve but it's pretty close to that right. so the first time we did it was for michelle wolf who uh, the comedian who's on the daily show a lot we talked i talked about in the sh uh, one of the previous episodes and we were right on the lip of the stage and the stage is tiny the room is tiny i'm not sure how many it holds but i mean i'd be shocked if it held 200. it's yeah. small uh but yeah, so we go to this thing and we have a like a little meal and then we have to kill a little time, but then you they just like escort you right down front. It's amazing. Wow. And then and then that's where we saw Chris Hardwick. Um and that time we were in the second row. I talked about that, I think, on the Mr. J show. And yeah. then um uh yeah, so then Kevin Smith was coming through and we we're like, geez, because we'd seen him before once in a theater, and the bride got a chance to ask a question, actually. Um, my voice is rocked, but I just realized like in real life. I have a voice for the bride that I do constantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's this sort of mocking voice that actually she's grown to like, and I say her inner thoughts. I don't. I can't. I must have talked about this in the show. Um, but yeah, I say what I think she's thinking, which is always like the worst thing possible. <laughs> and yeah. she, her thing is not to not to correct me because if I if if I if she acknowledges that I am correct, it's somehow incriminating or. That's probably not the right way to say it. I'm not sure how she sees it, but I have a blast with it because I just say like right. terrible things and it's in this like childish voice. Uh, so I was reminding her last night that she had asked him a question in the past or like she talked to him. She's like, yeah, briefly. <laughs> but I was doing it in the voice. I can't do the voice for some reason. I'll bust it out. I mean, it's un it's unmistakable that I'm doing a voice if I do this. Voice. Right. I just can't quite bring myself to it at the moment. But yeah, so we had seen him in a big theater and stuff, and that's what he does. He does big theaters. He does these cute for people who are not familiar with Kevin Smith, other than what we've described. He uh, when he made Clerks, this independent black and white film, it got picked up at a film festival in 1994, and it kind of gave him a whole career, uh, being a writer director and telling these goofy stories. Sometimes really like heart, like he he wrote really um, he tells really silly stories now. Uh, it's hard to explain, but it, a lot of them he talked about his early movies as like just taking big chunks of his heart out, like we described, and like putting it in a in a He's movie. Just honest. That I mean, that's why I that's why I am entertained by him. Yeah, is because I feel like it is one hundred percent honesty. Uh, I, I, this is the one. Uh, here's my recommendation: if you want to hear the like the level of honesty, is if just search on YouTube the Kevin Smith, um superman story oh like the, yeah the, the nick cage superman story i i that's think taken from the show you were at right i uh so. yeah that he, he told that story at that kent show i don't know if the one or that you'll the, find it's, but it's he's either told that, that story a few times but seriously like it, it's just this amazing it's like if you or i got to go to like got to be a part of hollywood and nobody knew that it was just you or i and I'm saying that like to the long, long, short drink audience that's listening, like, because Kevin Smith, I really, he's like, he's like, um, I, I guess if whether or not 
you like him, but like Michael Moore or Kevin Smith or they just feel like normal people to me when when I when I it doesn't matter if they're on the red carpet when they're doing an interview or on a talk show or on their own podcast or in their own movies. I I feel like you feel like you could just be friends with Kevin Smith, like just listening to him talk. Like he just yeah. seems like when you kind of feel like you are like he's being so candid and yeah, so, yeah, uh, not just candid, but um, what's the like? I don't know. He's uh, he's kind of he's like putting on a show a little bit. Like he's trying to entertain, but it does feel like he's always talking to somebody. If 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 another person or the way that he does these like speaking engagements is there or not. They essentially feel like stand-up or storytelling-related stand-up, but they're all called or based around Q and A's, the questions and answers, right. which grew right. out of like they would go out on the film festival circuit and talk after the movie. People would ask some questions, and he'd tell really entertaining stories. And then eventually, he started doing that at colleges, and then the then he got which to the point where yeah, and that was the first one that was filmed. That tour uh, for Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was the first one filmed for a DVD release. It was called An Evening with Kevin Smith, and it's like a double disc. Uh, it's wonderful. And, and you can see one of our friends. You can see Star over uh, somebody's shoulder in a close-up. I, you, I think you see me in there, too. In really? The, I think so. That's awesome. And Dusty, yeah. uh, I'm out Dusty of focus. gets a close-ups. Yeah, Dusty gets you a close-up. And uh, that, was the, that was the one where we, were, we left that, and we did something. Oh, yeah. And we were coming home, and... Or we were coming back to um, Silver Ghettos, which is where uh, they where they lived, and to party. And we came up behind this like purple tracker that had like a like a nineteen mid nineties geo tracker with the like soft top on the back, you know. And there were all these bumper, all these View Askew bumper stickers. There was actually a View Askew bumper sticker. Nice. A clerk's bumper sticker. There was one for all the Jersey trilogies, all this stuff. I'm like, oh man, this must have been a Kevin Smith fan. They must have been at the show that we were just at. And we pulled up beside this tracker and we look over and it's Kevin Smith behind the wheel, like driving his own fucking car. Like he's yeah. driving his own car to the speaking engagement. And uh he like looks over and we it was one of those things where like he looked over and we realized who he was and he re he knew that we knew who he was. And as soon as we knew it, the light turned green. He smiled and did his like silent Bob wave <laughs> and then took off. Like was, awesome. it was gone. That's so cool. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. So and that was anyways. in like 2001, right? Or two, maybe oh, the most, uh, probably a long, long time ago. ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but that's the first like I I like the movies. We like the movies. We in 1999 when Palmer's Pictures run and we did a Kevin Smith Jersey trilogy special where myself and Palmer it was it was Palmer's movie review show. It's on our uh, YouTube channel. You can check it out. We talk about the three of his movies that have had come out at that point. Um, I was a fan of those for, just because of what they were, and then I became a fan more of him like as a just like guy. Through following the movies, but and then especially once you got to those like DVDs, it was like an evening with Kevin Smith, and then an evening kept with Kevin Smith two evening harder, <laughs> and they would, they, were, they kept doing like you know they would every so many years they'd put out a new he put out a new DVD telling new stories, and he would tour around to colleges and eventually just other comedy clubs doing that kind of stuff, 
but then like in 2007 oh i should say one other thing that made me really like him i was always a big fan since i was a teenager of director's commentaries at the time this was laser discs and uh and uh and eventually became dvds and now blu-rays but uh his commentaries were really entertaining and the first one i heard was for chasing amy which was him scott Mosier, his producer and friend i think jason muse was there uh who plays like the j to his silent bob uh and a couple other people i, I mean i could name them that you might not know who they are but ben affleck was in the movie and he was there and affleck was so funny in that commentary and affleck and uh kevin smith's friendship i always just enjoy tremendously mostly the window to which was these commentaries and some interviews and stuff and they just break each other's balls and were just really funny and that yeah. and that whole thing and then like learning more about kevin smith's movies through these commentaries and question and answer i basically realized he's a normal guy who ha- who ends up making stuff with his friends like putting his real life friends from new jersey yep. in movies making movies with them and stuff and at the time i was just starting to do that with my friends <laughs> like you know yeah. the cabin kids were all kind of uh being creative together and so that was another way in which i really related to him and deepen my appreciation for what he did and just who he was and is and then and then even later in life as i got to he started to do podcasts in like 2007. He was among the first kind of famous pers- people to, to, to do podcasts. Um, and uh, they thought of him at the time as being commentary tracks for no movies, which some of the critiques of their commentary tracks for people, not me, or maybe like Scott Mosier, who's like, we never talk about the fucking movie. <laughs> 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 and I think in like 2004, they would do these things, like things would happen from their, their DVDs sold tremendously well. And things would happen from stuff they mentioned in the commentaries of their movies sometimes. Like I remember they did an intro, they would do these video intros for the movies sometimes. So when Clerks... No, it was the oh my god, it was the Mall Rats. That was like his second movie. It, a lot of people's gateway movie to seeing Kevin Smith movies, but it was much maligned at the time. Like people didn't like it, didn't think it's as good as Clerks and stuff. And they did a tenth anniversary Peter or is. something. Where or no, no, I think it was for the tenth anniversary of Clerks. Anyway, one of these like DVDs they put out, they did an intro to the movie where they're talking about just it was chasing stuff. Amy. It's off the cuff. No, it's not chasing Amy because it's a little later. But they were like, we should. They started talking about Roadhouse, and they started talking oh. about Jeff Healy, who I actually, a, I loved Roadhouse because it has like martial arts and blues music in there, and so uh, that's become a cult classic since. But I loved it like at the time because it was just what I was into, and I because of that movie, I loved that guitarist, blind guitarist, played guitar in his lap, Jeff Healy, and I had that soundtrack, and I put that soundtrack into my action movies and shit, and so. There's like these two guys I really love talking about Roadhouse and Jeff Healy. And they're talking about Jeff Healy's like actual albums. I'm like, oh my God, that's so cool. And they're like, we should just do a commentary to Roadhouse. And they're just bullshit. And then they get into the movie. Like two years later, or the next year or something, DVD, first DVD of Roadhouse comes out. There's a commentary with the director and stuff, but there's a commentary with Scott Mosier and Kevin Smith. And it's just like them talking about the movie as best they can, reading IMDb and like basically doing Chuck Norris jokes as Dalton, like the character from Roadhouse. Anyway, so it's all that stuff is so much fun. And they basically parlay that into a podcast, which they started at the time. 
because which their is so weird. Career so meta, yeah. So like, they say, they say something in a commentary, which ends up becoming real, and then for a movie, and then that ends up becoming how they just do their podcasts, which ends up ultimately inspiring new movies that they make like yeah because the the whole canada trilogy is all based on individual episodes the 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 podcast that he started with is smodcast for those um who don't know and it's a combination of smith and Mosier together to get smod and uh uh smodcast and i i did listen to that for a while and it was just that it was just them bantering like i felt like kevin would come on to those with uh like some weird topic that he happened to stumble upon usually while he's watching reading his ipad on the toilet like he would even <laughs> say that he's like yeah like on the toilet and uh this i stumbled across upon this and then they would talk about it and, and embarrassing honest things too like where one time memory come on and talked about this time where the episode title ended up being fistful of shame and it was this time where he wanted to have sex with his wife she's getting ready in the bathroom she didn't want to do it this is so gross sorry oh and no like, I, I know what episode you know what i listened is? to this episode i've heard this episode it's so good he's, you say it i don't want to say it where where he wanted to have sex and she was getting ready for something and so she didn't she she's like no i can't have sex and so he's finally like he's like all right well then can i just jerk off while i look at your butthole <laughs> yeah and she's like what because she he said she was like she was at the mirror and was like doing her makeup and this is even before their daughter was born right is their daughter, was uh, their, no, daughter, daughter, born, yeah. their daughter would have been born yeah <laughs> okay because yeah she was born like uh shortly after dogma in oh, okay or 2000 um so She's like, what? He's like, can I just look at your butthole and jerk off? <laughs> and so she's like, yeah, I guess. And so she's like, continues to like be in the mirror doing her makeup while he's like kneeled behind her with like one butt cheek in his hand, like opening her butt, <laughs> looking at her oh, butthole and jerking off. And he, he, what's funny is what really struck me about all that is like, as he's telling the story he's like and when it was done like i was really embarrassed like i was like i can't believe i just did that that's why the title is called a fistful yeah. of shame yeah but his wife was like that was actually kind of hot like she like really <laughs> was into it like oh shit different well, strokes, that was right yeah that was different strokes yeah. yeah uh but but like the through the podcast he started to talk about his wife who was not someone i previously heard about and in the evening with kevin smith dvd the first one he talks about how they met which is this kind of epic story too um but as i got to know more about her through the podcast and stuff 2007 i had recently met the the bride um but ultimately though the two of them are rather similar <laughs> yeah. his wife jennifer schwabach and, and my wife the bride are are two very like strong-willed take no shit kind of ladies and so the bride bless you the Thank bride you. is a big fan of of her as well. And for a while, they did a podcast together. And even for a minute, did like a podcast morning show every day. It was like wow. the morning was him and Jen, and the afternoon was him and Muse. It was fun. But uh, anyway, so so some of that is to say, uh, it's just all the reasons I dig this dude. But also, like it, the, the snowball effect is, is a little bit like how the Clerks movie became 
became his whole career and how basically like his life snowballed into the movie, which snowballed into a career that is an extension of his life. And it's just kind of this portrait of the artist as a young man, <laughs> but uh, you know, with dick jokes. <laughs> and so but the, I started thinking about it too, like the, with the podcast, I mean, the reason I listen to podcasts is because of Kevin Smith and his are still among the ones I listen to most often. Yeah. And uh, seeing him last night, I realized like I have even considering people like Jean-Claude Van Damme's movies I've seen a billion times, all that stuff. There's nobody in my besides the people in my actual like intimate circle in life whose voice I've heard or whose life I know more about than that than Kevin Smith. Like, wow. And like we said, it feels like a friend and stuff like because he's so open and whatnot. But yeah, there's there's just no two ways about it. Like. I wouldn't be doing any podcast anywhere because I wouldn't even fucking know what they are <laughs> if it weren't for Kevin Smith. So, yeah. so the whole th th thing that we do a podcast, I feel like, is a bit owed to uh, him. But he also constant like back in the day before podcasts, he would always encourage people to make movies, like express yourself, like you can do this too. But and now since he's able to advocate podcasts, he's like, I always felt bad saying that because it takes a lot of money and you could invest a lot of money and. You know, be bankrupt and never get it back. It was like podcasts. Like you just take your fucking iPhone, you talk to your friend. This is like literally stuff he says, and like you will change your lives and likely change other people's lives. He's like, he said this last night too. He's like, if I guarantee you, if you do like fifty podcasts, some at some point someone's going to come up to you and say, "I was thinking about hurting myself until this this weird thing you said on a podcast made me change my mind." He's like, wow. you'd be surprised like how much this can benefit your own life and other people's lives. I was like, Jesus Christ. I've yeah. heard him say that for years, but now for the last year, I could say that <laughs> with much more like experience having done, done this podcast with you. So it all seemed pretty, just kind of a nice coincidence. No, absolutely. Um, well, I mean, and you, you even relayed that story that um, I, I, just to reaffirm that uh, you talk about this story in one of our earlier episodes too where he had that his walt flanning it's not walt oh, yeah uh, what's his flanning? yeah his other his other friend basically dante and randall and clerks are kind of uh the dante character like the kind of main protagonist would be a pretty much of some version of kevin smith like as a whiny version of kevin smith i guess um who wasn't like sure like people thought he should get go to school not work at a convenience store right but then his his friend randall who works at the video store next door that is pretty much uh he he'll sit he'll tell you like kevin smith will tell you that is who kevin smith wanted to be when is who essentially is a personification you know a fictional personification of his his high school or childhood friend or high school friend brian johnson and that's who and brian johnson and walter Flint. he was saying last night he's like he's like you guys don't really know kevin smith you guys know kevin smith post walter and brian <laughs> like without right. those guys who are now on the show comic book men on amc after the walking dead uh with kevin smith and stuff anyway but you were you were about to tell the story basically about brian johnson half of those yeah people. like well i mean just to just to reaffirm that that even because you know you had said hey, i'm going to tell you right now it's not going to take us 50 because you i mean this podcast has saved me so i know that what Kevin Smith says is true, but to, I mean, to reaffirm that, how Brian Johnson was like, 
you said that he the line that he used was i have one foot on the stool which is a euphemism for like i'm i'm going to kill myself like i'm I, just so you know that's going to happen and kevin smith convinced him like can you just like just sit down with a microphone and just start talking and um i mean brian johnson's still here and now he's like on the show comic book men and he's on tv and he's on these podcasts and like uh their podcast is tell them steve dave yeah that's Uh, one of my very favorites that's literally these two guys have known each other since they were like nine yeah they're just like a bickering old married couple yeah they're so different but they've just their friendship is so long and ingrained i mean they're just friends because they've just been friends for so long you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> you can see it on comic book men. You can, and I'm sure, like this podcast, you can, because unfortunately, I haven't heard, listened to an episode of that. I should listen to that. I it's bet very, it's awesome. It's very fun. It's really, really fun. And it, that's yeah. an episode that's like, they don't give a fuck about anything. I, 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 that one's, I, I don't know. I guess you could hop in now, but that one builds so much on yeah. itself. I mean, I, I feel like you'd be fine if you just hopped in. Sure. But there's like a whole cast of characters that has evolved over the years. And, and when it started, it wasn't like it was uh wasn't like you could tell that Brian was depressed or something. Sure. But they don't talk about that stuff. Uh anyway, but there's it's so many times reminded too, like he reconnected Kevin Smith reconnected with Jason Muse, who while they did movies together, he often kept at arm's length because of all his drug problems. Right. They did they they have it's a, still a podcast and a live show just called Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. But it started as Jason Muse like telling here's all the like kind of like owning up to all of the things that had happened to him in his life and his struggles with drugs in ways that he had never like told people about and the uh, and so once they kind of got up to the present of where he'd been sober now one of the they call it now still an intervention podcast and at a certain point in every show that he says how long you've been clean and sober and he says how long and so it's a way to keep him accountable to yeah. Not just the people in his life, but like this podcast audience. It, I don't know. It's a really powerful medium because like of the intimacy. Stats. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, all yeah. these things are are huge influences on on me and probably things I suggest other people based on it. Wow. And I hear so I've heard so much of it. Smodcast has been on for ten years now. I mean, there was there was a while where all of these podcasts are like literally every day there'd be a new podcast from Kevin Smith or his buddies. Who are yeah. really just his buddies, some of whom yeah. were kind of famous, but or became famous because of these things. Through him, like through the Jersey trilogy, even. Like I would even yeah, like just take universe. back to those like three movies, like the original yeah. three, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I think wow. about that a lot, like in the stuff that we do, and he's been a real inspiration, as I'm sure he, he he tries to be and says that these things can enrich your life. And going back to when I first became aware of him, I was already starting to some of that stuff was already starting to happen with us cabin kids and um yeah, I just thought we've talked about him before, certainly, but I, I wanted to use this opportunity to uh, honor and, and make explicit that connection a little bit more because, uh, yeah, it's when, as he's he, as a public figure, he's meant a lot to me, I guess. No, no, absolutely. No, and I think I, I think all this like ties together, like because you know we're we we have thirty seven episodes of this. We're yeah. only 13 away from his 50, you know? Like Yeah, and that was totally random. Uh yeah. that 50. And actually, he I sent I thought this was an opportunity to uh I don't use the Twitter for too much outreach, <laughs> but I thought, you know, I know he sits around before shows and like looks at Twitter yeah. just to maybe help yeah. generate ideas or conversation. And so well, I was like 
So I so I tweeted um, something like headed out to see Kevin Smith tonight at such and such, and then recording the thirty seventh episode of our podcast tomorrow, and uh, and he just like liked it, he hearted it or whatever. But that yeah. was pretty. That was kind of fun, it was, like to see suddenly a notification on our. Cell but he liked both. He liked both of the. He liked two tweets. Oh yeah, like that, that, so that tweets. was yeah. He had an early and late show, and so our, we went to the early show, and then yeah, the bride got to ask a question, which ultimately she didn't tell me she was going to ask one. I didn't know she had one, but she asked, "Hey, when is um, I really you know I really like you, but I'm also a big fan of your wife. I missed the plus one podcast you guys used to do." Um, any chance that she might come back to the microphone and he's like yeah actually as a matter of fact we just talked about it yesterday like i was in the room recording a podcast by myself and she's like what she's like what were you doing like i heard you talking were you talking to someone he's like oh no i was just doing an episode of smartcast solo and she's like well why don't you talk to me i'll talk to you and he's like motherfucker well, i've been trying to get you on the mic for five years She's like, no, I think I, I'm think I'm ready now. So he said the next episode of Smodcast yeah. would be her, but he answered maybe four questions last night, and it was fun that it, one of them was from the bride. So wow. afterwards, I tweeted, you know, show was great, tagged him, and then tagged his wife too, and mentioned that at shit the bride says asked the question. I liked the idea that maybe someone would see at shit the bride says because of this, but yeah, he acknowledged that too, which was really nice. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. And I, we were awesome, fucking awesome. close too because, like, the dinner thing, like, I could have hit him with a tissue. It wow. was crazy. All right, we got eight minutes, but I got to pee. So oh, sure, of course. <laughs> let's uh, let's go pee, and then we'll come back. We'll do a quick king corner, and then we'll wrap it up. All right, like it. Awesome. Like it. All right. Okay. See you in a minute. Okay. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. So long walk, fucking beautiful, right? I mean, just tragic. That like, I I love those early Bachman books because it just has this like dystopian feeling to it. Even Rage, which doesn't take place in the future, uh, you know, you got this ki- this kid that's just like fed up with education, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then you have the long walk, which is this like dystopian future. Running Man is a very dystopian future. Uh, road work is kind of dystopian a little bit. Uh, and I those four are like the the earlier Bachman books, but which I have man. in this. Uh, oh, I don't have the slip cover, but I bought that in a hard cover. Uh, and it's called the Bachman books, and it's four early novels by Stephen King, is what they say. Is and there's a cool. There's what's interesting. Uh, um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I no, uh, please. Well, <laughs> the. Uh, the audio edition that I listened to began with an introduction about Bachman, Bachman. by Stephen King, like acknowledging yeah. it. Yeah. And this uh, this hardback that I got has a different uh, introduction yeah. uh, called "Why I Was Bachman" by Stephen King. And 
he he uh in the one it's like 10 years apart i think they were written these two things and actually in the second one he acknowledges that like he wasn't really thrilled with his attitude in the first one because he was pissed off about being outed about yeah. being richard bachman um but anyway so that was that was pretty cool uh for me just to, like to i didn't know i was going to get that earlier introduction or that they would be different and yeah. what i learned from the second one is the original title for rage was getting it on <laughs> getting it on you dipshit motherfucker yeah. we haven't finished getting it on yet <laughs> oh. but yeah he you, just says very quickly he's like one one day it occurred to me that i ought to publish getting it on a novel which Doubleday almost published two years before they published carrie under a pseudonym anyway so i was i was very taken by that idea that it was called getting it on yeah uh, but yeah, I got some interesting perspective on that, and when and, and he sort of in the second, uh, in the second introduction, he sort of takes back a lot of the, his attitude in the first one. Uh, he said one of the other, the last thing I wanted to quote from that, uh, uh, maybe not, but <laughs> uh, I'll stop. I'll let you talk at least after this one. He says, um, "I was not quite young enough when these stories were written to be able to dismiss them as juven juvenilia. On the other hand, I was still callow enough to believe in." Over simple, over simple motivations, many of them painfully Freudian and unhappy endings. So, mm. spoke to like, like you know the long the dystopian stuff, and uh, they are pretty like simple uh, stories. Like you know, a guy freaks out, <laughs> rages like a guy freaks out and starts killing his classmates and teachers. Uh, the long walk is you know a bunch of. I'm terrible at synopsizing things. It's, it, like, <laughs> it's it's honestly like the Hunger Games. Yeah, that, that's what I equated to. Um, Without having to kill other uh, people, they don't have to kill each to other. It, it, but it is about youth. I I I I I want to think that it's his reaction to the Vietnam War. Oh, um, where. It's this you, the whole gimmick on the long walk is is you write an essay and you go to a recruitment center, which would be like an enlistment center or a yeah or a um, draft center, <laughs> and you sign up for the long walk. And if you get picked to do it, it's basically like it's a group of teenage boys who have to maintain this walk from New England into uh like like they go they start in New England. And they theoretically could walk all the way to Florida. But the whole gimmick is, is there's so many boys that join this competition, which is also um, monitored by the military, which is another reason which makes me think of the Vietnam War. Yeah. And these boys then are forced to, they're allowed to do whatever they want as long as they maintain a pace of four miles an hour. And... They have to keep walking for four miles an hour. And if you fall below four miles an hour or you stop, you get a warning and then you can pick it back up and then you can get a second warning within so long. If you get another infraction, then it's a second warning. And if it's within so long, you get a third warning and then you're shot and then you're you're killed. Yeah. And it's called the long walk because they do that until there's one boy left. And then that boy, his prize is to get anything he wants for the rest of his life. And uh, it's really, it's simple because it's about psychology. It's about like, it's, it's, it's him internalizing and 
and and dealing with this trauma that he that i mean all of it it's got to be about the vietnam war that's my take on it is uh, yeah i had i don't yeah i tend not often to, to uh that stuff has to, I, it didn't occur to me uh, that's the shorter way to say it but that makes perfect sense especially with how he talks about the vietnam war and other like in uh dead zone where he's like you know yep uh, ate a bad hot dog <laughs> yep yep yeah. <laughs> um uh yeah that's very uh that makes a lot of sense and yeah it's so simple uh that simple premise that you laid out and that is the whole book like the beginning of it the main character like shows up what is his name i forget um with his says goodbye to his mom and starts walking and then at the end he's still walking and he's still <laughs> yeah. walking and uh it's so bleak and trash yeah. it's all of those like it's all of those like great things that make awesome science fiction, which I would consider that science fiction, even though there's nothing really scientific about it. Um, it's just that yeah. it, it's, it's, it's not necessarily like, the future, right? But yeah, yeah. Is, is it? Yeah, I think it is. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, like I would, I mean, 1984 doesn't really can strike me as like, I mean, I guess like the, the presence of, big brother in the house is is a little scientific but it's just this bleak take on the future and uh man is it so there's like there's nothing really rewarding by the time you're done like where you're just like oh i feel so that's just so nice like it's so <laughs> tragic it's like reading a philip k dick novel if you've read any of his no science fiction um a lot of his science fiction is just like. Did he write? Well, I mean, you, the, you know what? Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. yeah, Blade Runner is based. I've never on, read the uh, book, but yeah, yeah, I could see. Where it's just bleak, you know, and oh man, god damn, do I love that story? That's so good because he wins, and he just like, and all he wants to do is keep walking. Oh, oh, he actually Boy. does win. I don't think I realized that. I think oh I, no he like he he wins the competition like oh, wow has, uh, man spoiler alert again for a 40 year old book <laughs> um it's down to him and the general's like illegitimate son yeah right? yeah that who, was that was a nice like, who is like the the shoe in the entire time yeah and the guy that it, said nothing um Stebbins, yeah. is that it no yeah yeah and uh he because it's implied that he's like this illegitimate son of the general who is the leader of the nation and also the like MC essentially of the long walk, this competition. And so, uh, man, the more I think about it, this is all Vietnam. <laughs> and so, uh, this illegitimate son wants to win the competition so that he can expose that the general is his father and he's marching he's walking it's down to that kid who's walking out of spite essentially yeah and the main character who's walking out of he has no other reason but to walk like he had if i remember the story right like it's implied like he had a future like he could have not done this and would yeah. have been okay you know yeah. uh, which was like that's one of the one of the overarching com commonalities of all the boys that are in the long walk is this is kind of like what they had to look forward to in life was to try this, you know? Um, and the main character, it, it's implied that he, 
he could have had something outside of the long walk, but he still chose to do this. And that's really all like he's trying to prove that he's, you know, he's just as deserving to win the long walk. And then the other kid is trying to like prove to this like totalitarian ruler that he's not as like as pure as he wants all of the other people of the nation to think that he is. And Stebbins, like he sacrifices himself. So the main character can win. And so he wins and the general like comes riding up to him on a Jeep, like ready to congratulate him and to find out what the first thing is that he wants. Because again, you get anything you want on it. Like you can demand anything you want from the general of like, for the rest of your life if you win the long walk and he doesn't even acknowledge it he just keeps walking because that's what he wants to do is to just keep walking yeah he doesn't he doesn't want his prize he doesn't want anything else he just wants to keep going and uh and it's he's been broken by this competition like he thought yeah, even though he won yeah even though he won he's been broken by it and like i want to i want to read the last paragraph it's su super short but it's beautiful yeah. and it's it's so kind of like poetic that I didn't realize the 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 specifics or what really happened like you just laid it out. Um but but this is kind of how it's actually written. Uh so the the main character's name is Garrity. So the crowd is shouting deliriously Garrity Garrity. Um and then he says uh, a hand on his shoulder. Gary sh Garrity shook it off impatiently. The dark figure beckoned, beckoned in the rain, beckoned for him to come and walk, to come and play the game, and it was time to get started. They were still so far to walk. Eyes blind, supplicating hands held out before him as if for al alms. Garrity walked towards the dark figure. And when the hand touched his shoulder again, he somehow found the strength to run. It's kind of so badass, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Because what you don't realize is like he's running by the end. Uh, that, that, that last sentence, he takes off running. He had been walking for like five days prior to that like like there he almost gives up he almost loses like he almost like gets yeah. his three warnings you know right and there was that time where he saw like his girlfriend and his mom and yeah one dude uh his name is escaping me like had to pull him away he's like you want like your brains all over their face to be the last thing you know exactly. their last memory of you yep yeah because again they're allowed to do whatever they want as long as they don't exceed their warnings yeah. where there's even like some kids like it, it, it like they're like gladiators like they're celebrated in this society that they live in so like some of the boys like even have sex like there's women that are just like sitting on the side of the road like willing to like just like yeah have yeah sex with them and they'll they'll they save their warnings when they come up to towns there's some of the guys that have saved their warnings to make sure they have all three of their warnings so they can get as far into having sex with these women <laughs> as they can. Yeah. Like in this, you know, like it, 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 it's, it's one of these great examples of like, there's this minimal amount of exposition, like direct exposition. All of the exposition is given through your internal monologue of the main character. There's not any, there's not any set dressing giving in the narration. It's just, it's just what the character thinks is all you know about the society. So that's it. Yeah. And it's just. And all they're doing is walking. And, and all they're about. doing is walking <laughs> in, yeah. at four miles an hour. And that's it, you know. And uh, 
Oh, I have this one line, quick line that I want. That there's not very many that struck me, but we we could. I mean, it takes a whole book to get at some of this, but but this one line sums up the the torture of it all. Really, it says they would walk now until their bodies and or minds shook apart, and that's basically what happens. Yeah, like to the hundred different guys. Like there's some in little clusters, and uh, you learn their names and. Uh, they sometimes like will fall back or, or walk ahead to like talk to each other. And you learn some about those characters through their conversations. And there's some people who are just like, and there's a thing right from the beginning. It's like no three musketeers or no musketeers. Like there's, we're not going to pal up because right. I can't be worried about what, how you're doing. Cause that means I die, you know? Right. right. <laughs> but nonetheless, there's still relationships eventually kind of form. And people just die on their feet, and and this is all Vietnam. Like the more I'm hearing this, like yeah. this like Vietnam thing is like just like solidifying. I just came up with that like just this tonight. Just just, just thinking about it a lot. Yeah, it's like you can picture soldiers walking through the jungle and stuff. And that's what it and, and getting like, picked even off randomly. One, he was still broken. Like like what was the point of winning if he doesn't get anything that he wants? Like like the competition literally. And it's not like he's motivated by winning to get whatever he wants for the rest of his life. There is a couple pieces where he realizes he could make his life easier by by winning. Yeah. Like or make his parents' life easier by winning. But he's not really motivated by that throughout the whole story. And at the end, though, it's just like how sad is that he went through all this and watched all these other young men die that he tried not to become friends with but ultimately did and he doesn't even get to reap the spoils which again is like what a great analogy for the vietnam war you know like oh man i have to oh sorry go ahead no go ahead oh no there's another i was just looking there's like two other passages i found and they all kind of relate to this obviously he was talking about uh the, the, basically, there's the, 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 uh, we haven't talked too much. But there is a crowd. We talked about the girls. You can have sex. So, like people line up all, all th- throughout this long path to watch them and cheer them and root for their favorites to win and watch yep. people get shot dead on the road and and um, this is the, that's the Hunger Games aspect of yeah this competition yeah um, and uh, so they're say, saying um, they call they starting to think of it as a cage and. Uh, and then he's like, I, don't, uh, I think this is our main character, Gary. He's like, I don't want to see it anymore. It's lousy and it's a cheat. You build it all around something, set yourself on something, and then you don't want it. Isn't it too bad the great truths are all such lies? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, um, it's, uh, this is your favorite Stephen Bach- King? Bachman no, no, book. No, no, Bachman okay. Bachman book. Like, favorite um, Stephen King book. I mean, in any of the Dark Tower, like... Probably oh, right. Wolves of the Kala would be my favorite yeah. Stephen King okay. book of all, of all time. Um, and before putting together the Vietnam thing you did just today, what uh, like what was it? What is it about it that made you love it so much? Or what, um, it, it just because it's so it's so different. I mean, if it, it's one thing that can be said, of, especially about those first four early Bachman books, they're so different than other King work. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. He was so focused that early on his career. He was so focused on the supernatural and the and the psychic. Yeah, yeah. You know that. I, Rage has no horror elements unless you want to count the like brutal shootings. Right. No horror elements. No supernatural elements whatsoever. 
long walk, science fiction. Again, no horror elements, no supernatural elements, no psychic elements, none of that. Yeah. The Running Man, same deal. I'm going to lump that. That's it's along the same. Those, uh, while they're two drastically different stories, they are easily in the same universe. Mm-hmm. The Running Man and The Long Walk. And then you have Roadwork, which again is nothing supernatural, nothing psychic, nothing crazy. It's just a guy against society. Like he's just mad at, at the world that he lives in. So this, all four of these are so different than the audience that he had already built for him. Like, I mean, at this, if you look at the first four Stephen King books and the first four Richard Bachman books, they arguably could have two drastically different audiences. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, I, you know, they, the ultimate answer, I like to say that, I I like what I don't know where I ever got that take from, but like Bachman was Stephen King being able to say the things that he was worried would alienate his audience, meaning he could say all the things that were too dark, like having a kid like do a school shooting or, you know, a bunch of kids getting killed and all these things in in the long walk. Yeah. Uh, or if it's because he couldn't saturate his audience, you know, saturate the market and he wouldn't make as much money, which is like the truer, that seems to be the more truer answer, I think, to Richard Bachman. It's even the one that he kind of quotes now about Richard Bachman. Yeah. yeah. Which if you what like even those, even those two prologues, there's a different take, like there's a there's a different own personal interpretation of Stephen King's own persona that he invented. Between right. those two prologues, right? And so if you watch interviews that this it's the same question sometimes asked over interviews that like might span multiple years, his answers will change just based on what he's thinking at that time or what his yeah. you know what I mean? And so which is I mean, it's that's how you know when he says, I don't write from an outline, I don't write like other authors, I just kind of like just write and it just comes out. Mm-hmm. I think he is con- like when so when people ask him like when you wrote this what did you like he's looking for that meaning just as much as they are from asking the question so the answer that he's giving you it's 100% genuine but it's that's but it's also only 100% genuine in that moment mm-hmm. like it, it it could be 5 years later the same question could it get asked and he's going to give you his genuine interpretation looking back at that minute when that question was asked yeah. on that yeah. moment from the past um so uh man there it just it was so different than other king's works that i had read up to that point and it just i read that when i was in high school mm-hmm. um and it spoke to me i i, I like it, almost like uh like the like holden caulfield speaks to 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 young impressionable teenage boys you know what i mean yeah. like uh it's it's the same way, which I think I've heard, even heard when he's talked about the long walk. Maybe he maybe he even references that that Holden Caulfield because that's the catcher in the rye, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a lot uh, of just like bitching about life and teenage angst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that that was kind of I I it just it just I I I think if I would have been in the catcher in the rye mood, like it would have struck me just as much there, you know. 
Uh, why is it doing that again? No, we're gonna stop off. We're just gonna exit <laughs> the program. We're done with our bumpers. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's interesting. I didn't realize you. You. I thought maybe it's something you came across in your chronology. So that's that's interesting to know no. that you read it as a teenager because it's about teenagers. So, so. Yeah. No, I definitely read that in high school, uh, and it was it just blew me away. Really, really, it just it just really struck a chord with me. And now, as an adult looking back, I I, I definitely really think and, and I mean. You know, if they're Stephen King nerds, uh, actually, uh, he's come out and said that it's about the Vietnam War. If that's then great, then I was spot on. And you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, come on. Like you just read the story. It just, it, it just sounds like an allegory for the Vietnam War. You know, like yeah, or, or for somebody that me, grew up through totally the agree. Vietnam War and and protested the Vietnam War, it really feels like a story that that person, a person from that era, would tell. You know, um, yeah, it's just good. Uh, I finished The Shining, which is one of your favorite Stephen King books. Or yeah, works, that was the first is, one I ever read or yeah, listened to, I believe. Yeah, it was. Um, so I I had said on an earlier episode when I said I was reading The Shining again, because I would I so. I, I have finally outgrown my iPod. So my iPod had all of my audio, all of my audio collection in toto. Uh, in in <laughs> particular, my like Jean Claude Van Damme thing, where he's like, <laughs> "We're gonna focus on Thomas." <laughs> iPod on toto. <laughs> uh, I, I all of my audio collection fit on this ipod it's 160 gigabyte like ipod classic um and i love it and apple stopped making that like making the ipod classic which broke my heart because it was like it was just such a perfect media device it's not a perfect media device for streaming when you know because you can't stream to it and so if you're paying for streaming services to a device that you can't stream to, like, then you can't, then why would people buy your streaming services? Right. Yeah. Uh, which broke my heart. And then in, in amidst that, like I switched computers. So my iPod, my iTunes library, like I had to like give up my iTunes library and like, I'm still working on built rebuilding it. Anyways, my Stephen King chronology was only up to like a certain point. And I finally was ready to move on. And so I have on my new phone, I have all of the current Stephen King books all the way up until Sleeping Beauties. I don't have Sleeping Beauties on here, which that just came out this year. Which oh, that's wow. His, that's exciting. That's the, the book that he wrote with his son, yeah. um, Joel, mm-hmm. I, I think. is uh, It's him and Joel wrote Sleeping Beauties. So... Um, but I have all those, all the books prior to Sleeping Beauties are on my phone after, well, I guess it's um, from starting with Went Through the Keyhole, which was 2012, maybe? I'm not familiar with that one. I mean, I've heard that title. <laughs> That's a, it's a Dark Tower book. It was like oh. an after the fact Dark Tower book. Um, anyways. So I'm on this, like, I'm about to transition from my iPod onto this, like, the end of the chronology. Like, I'm about to be caught up with Stephen King. Like, 
before the end of 2018, I expect to be caught up with Stephen King. Wow. Which it's been a journey. Let me tell you. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's years I mean, and long, long, how many books, you know, like so many, yeah. so, so many books. Oh um, my God. But one of the, the, the first book on the next list on the next batch is Dr. Sleep, which is the sequel to oh, the Shining. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, before I transition, because the shining was, is like his like third book, right. Or second book. Uh, so it's uh, Carrie Salem's lot. Uh, then, maybe the shining. Yeah. And then the shining. So third book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was like super early in my career. The only exposure I had had to that was the Stanley Kubrick movie up until I listened to the audio book. And then I listened to the audio book and I was probably eating a lot of cake and it just really didn't make a huge impact on me. Like, cause I still had the movie in my head, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this time I really like I was really focused on listening to it and really like and like Jesus Christ he was worried about Pet Cemetery not getting published because it was just so gruesome. The Shining is fucking horrific. Like and as far as a ghost story goes, like it's it's really terrifying like when the ghosts of the of the hotel are finally making themselves known to like Danny and uh and and to the wife and and they just start popping out every time they turn a corner there's like another ghost of the of the hotel there like ready to get them mm. so gruesome just like really and a lot of implied gruesome stuff and just but really eloquently written it is so poetic it's just a and Jesus, I can understand why Stephen King hates Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining because it is nothing like the book at all. Like, well, I, th I think we talked about this a little before. Like, the main thing really is the the Jack character, as cast by or as played by Jack Nicholson, always seems to have this hint of madness in him from the get go. From the very so you don't get yeah. the re the de devolution of that that guy. Yeah, and I think uh, that's that's Stephen King's biggest beef with the yeah, Stanley Kubrick's because version. like a lot of the i mean there i don't know for me like i i was very familiar with that i listened to the book knowing that like king hates the movie and all this yeah and i was just like this seems this seems like a very faithful th to me and then i learned why and i was like ah okay and then yeah. and there's like some stuff missing with the the ending uh, is a little different anyway to me they don't seem that different but that's probably because i haven't delved into it enough i like them both very much uh but I think now, that's the main thing. Is that, did you that jump to Doctor Sleep though? Like, did you go through The Shining and then do Doctor Sleep? Have you gone through that yet? Yeah, I did actually. I, I'm not sure. I, it would have been 2013, maybe that I did The Shining. I don't know why I did it at the time. Like, I don't know. Usually, for yeah. me, there's a very specific reason about stuff like that. I would, that's around the time that Doctor Sleep would have come out, and I think that would be a knowing you as a person i think that would be plenty of motivation for you to go back through the shining again knowing that 30 years later he was releasing a sequel to the Maybe. story yeah the shining, that makes some sense you know? uh so i sought out the audiobook that was one of the first books i listened to i listened to when i decided i was going to start listening to audiobooks i listened to blood meridian which we've talked about on this show and one of pump's favorite books which is an incredible audiobook read by richard poe written by cormac mccarthy and then I think The Shining was next, actually. Um, 
And that one is read the one I listened to. I think maybe f- same as you would would have been. Uh, it came out in 2012, um, read by Campbell Scott, who's an actor you would know to see him. And like I think of him from Singles, yeah. the Cameron Crowe movie. But and he did an amazing job uh, reading it. And uh, and then I I didn't like I didn't listen to Doctor Sleep right away, but within the same year, I think I did. Um. Anyway, but and, and oh, you have not yet done Doctor Sleep yet. That this so kind of no, can't. so that's I mean, it's leading to the idea that I started Doctor Sleep today, like on my oh. way home from work. Yeah, and I have to admit, like this is so in all the like I've been doing the chronology now for I don't I want to say like three or four years, right? And I'm up to Doctor Sleep. And Stephen King is very, he recycles a lot of like similar things. And when you become a Dark Tower fan, that really, that doesn't become a problem for you because you realize like it's all part of the same universe, you know? And so there will be these similarities and these like coincidences. And uh, Dr. Sleep is the first one so far that he has introduced a new level or a new kind of supernatural thing that does not fit into the rest of the universe for me yet. Like it's, it's really, it's so different than everything else he's done that it's a little off putting to me. And I'm so early into the book. Like, I don't even want to talk about like what the specifics of it is, but it's just it because it's probably going to get resolved but it's just so drastically different with the with the steam and the oh yeah you know like in the and like this like band of psychic slash supernatural people uh it, the knot you know and yes uh, yes and all of that is just like so it's so weird to me cuz it it does not feel it does not feel like st- a Stephen King um, thing. Hmm. Uh, that piece of it, you know. Of course, it's about you know the opening part is about Danny and like Dick Callahan comes back and teaches him how to deal with like dead people and and all that stuff. And, and he doesn't hold any like doesn't pull any punches like normal Stephen King. It's just that supernatural piece. Like it's just it's just a little different. And just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong and doesn't mean it's bad. It just it's just different for me. So. Um, but yeah, that's my King corner. I'm, I'm excited. I'm on the tail end of my chronology and like, in like coming, I'm excited to get through this. I have a whole batch of audiobooks that I'm excited to get to, to, to experience when I had downloaded these, this last batch of the chronology, I was like, Oh wow. When you finish this, like, what are you going to listen to next? And I just downloaded a bunch of shit that was like outside of stephen king that i'm really excited to get to so very cool um, yeah but yeah that's all that's all pretty much that's pretty much all i had i i don't want to keep you any much later because <laughs> okay yeah no i'm good this is very satisfying i i missed uh just kind of getting to i don't know just talk and being get into like how you doing how you feeling get to say how i'm doing how i'm feeling <laughs> and yeah uh, um yeah this has been really nice really nice absolutely man i always like man 
it was it went too long with it just being the two of us so uh we, we should keep that in mind in future i mean of course we want to take advantage when there's people that are willing to come on and like opening that up but maybe putting a, a, a regrouping episode somewhere in between some of those so yeah yeah that's what you can expect in 2018 <laughs> from uh, yeah and actually the next to so the next episode uh that you for, hear will be listeners. the best of 2017 so yeah and then we'll jump and, into 18 however we fucking feel like it yeah yeah so <laughs> the uh the books we were talking about uh long the long walk which though it's a richard bachman book is now just published under by stephen king these days the long walk by stephen king as well as the shining uh and dr sleep dr sleep you can all get um for fucking free thanks to us the, again you you're welcome yeah well, right yeah sorry one you get one of those for free uh by going to um lwsd or no audibletrial.com oh yeah slash LWSD. lwsd that's right yeah uh, i oh. screwed it up no, that's that's easy. I've screwed up so many times. It's part of the deal. <laughs> so if you want to listen to anyone, you can get those uh, for free. One for one of those for free in a thirty-day free trial at yeah. audibletrial.com/lwsd. Hear the same versions we did. Fucking fantastic. At least uh, the Shining and Long Walk are. <laughs> yeah, and Doctor Sleep so far is I I really like it. It's just different. So yeah. Follow us on, on Twitter at LWSD pod. We tweet shit out. Uh, follow at shit. The bride says, if you want to hear that stuff as it happens, uh, you can go to YouTube at LWSD pod. Uh, and you can subscribe there for all of the, any, uh, YouTube videos that we reference in the show. We always build those into playlists. Yeah. You can see the Jean-Claude, uh, uh, uh <laughs> clip we talked about earlier. You can watch the podcast as the, the Google Hangouts that they are and see Palmer and I, if you'd like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just don't, don't fucking to. troll us. God damn. Oh yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Don't troll us. Jesus. Yeah. No one actually listening to into the this far it's gonna be like that but we did experience some some shitty stuff earlier today but we rose yeah. above it and had a nice talk nonetheless absolutely <laughs> thank you for listening whoever you are yeah for not giving us shit <laughs> or you can give a shit but good natured shit and this could be the lost episode because Talking we don't shit. know what we don't know what's going to happen after i hit stop broadcast it could not put a file on our oh, on i got a backup we'll have something all right, dude. Well, I'm going to stop this broadcast, but thanks so much. It's been a great episode. Thank you. It was good catch up. Good catching up. Absolutely. I'm going to order a pizza. All right. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. Yep. Adios. Thanks for listening. Bye, Long Walkers. <laughs> <laughs>